Listen, it's not coffee or donuts. It's not campfires or s'mores. Not peanut butter or jelly. Great things happen when two good things come together. So why choose between cash flow or appreciation? Rent to Retirement's new construction homes give you both. Rent to Retirement offers newly built homes that attract the best tenants with fewer repairs in outstanding rental markets. That means more monthly cash flow for you and plenty of equity growth in the background. Plus, their creative financing options let you buy investment properties with just 5% down. Not 20%, not 10%, 5% down. Rent to Retirement offers turnkey new construction homes already built, leased, and managed for you. Their investing experts find the best markets that consistently offer double-digit returns and prices as low as $150,000. And they've got more five-star reviews than any company on Bigger Pockets. You invest, Rent to Retirement does the rest. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. You're ready to open a business bank account for your new property. You know what that means? Coordinating a time between you, your co-founders, and your bank consultant. Waiting at the branch or waiting for hours on the support line. Who has time for that? With Relay, you can open a business bank account for your property 100% online from anywhere. Create up to 20 accounts to organize money by property or by categories like expenses, taxes, or investments. Effortlessly collaborate with role-specific access. That means giving your cleaner a debit card for cleaning supplies or your accountant read-only access to your transactions. Own multiple businesses? Relay lets you open unlimited accounts and access them all from one centralized login. Okay, I'm just, I'm going off script here. That is cool. It's annoying that I have to log into 10 business accounts with my current bank. So go sign up for RelayFi because that's a, that's a feature that I like. No monthly fees or minimums, and it takes just 10 minutes to sign up. Head on over to RelayFi.com slash BiggerPockets for stress-free banking. You can join me because I'm heading on over there right now. I'm heading on over to R-E-L-A-Y-F-I.com slash BiggerPockets. Relay is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by ThreadBank, member FDIC. The Relay Visa debit card is issued by ThreadBank pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. and may be used everywhere Visa debit cards are accepted. Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. It's a simple concept, right? But not necessarily an easy concept. Right now, high interest rates have crushed the real estate market. Prices are falling and properties are available at a discount, which means Fundrise believes that now is the time to expand the Fundrise Flagship Fund's billion-dollar real estate portfolio. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in minutes by visiting Fundrise.com pockets. Fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 159. And so we've started creating this one pagers uh, just like he had suggested. And so it's just been a game changer. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. Your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets Podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What's up, Brandon? Not much. What's up, Josh? Doing all right. Doing Good. all right. Really, really excited about today's show. Are you? Why? 
You know, <laughs> it, I, it's always fun to get into these these programs, these shows where uh, we, we kind of dig in deeper on topics that we've previously broached and, and yeah. taking it from different angles and things like that. And, y- you know, you get so many people who are like, well, I know everything there is to know about real estate. And, and, and they, they just don't realize that there's just so many different angles and approaches that you can take in doing what it is that you do and what it is that we do in, in the real estate world uh, that uh, I don't know. It's just fascinating. Anyway, today's show with, with, uh, Nathan is is outstanding and and yeah. getting into the the topic of hiring and scaling and building your business and and uh, you know just man I don't know I mean we we covered a whole lot of stuff uh, lifestyle businesses uh, um, lifestyle design uh, it, it's it's fantastic so yeah. I'm just excited I don't know well good for you good am for I you. allowed to be excited I'll allow it this time. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank no you. Problem. Thank Some you. Guy, you're, you're a good boss. Thank you. You're welcome. Some guy in the forums the other day, uh, or he wrote uh, his first flip made $140,000 on it. Amazing success story. Uh, people can check that out in the forums. But in, in there, he said, I just want to thank, and he listed a whole bunch of people, and he ended with, and I especially want to thank Brandon Turner and his assistant, Josh Dorkin. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. It's cool. I mean, you know, listen, you know, call me whatever you want to call me at the end of the day. As long as people are happy, I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy. We're all happy. I'm your assistant. Good. Fine. I'm your assistant. Oh, good. All right. Well, assistant, I'm going to need some more uh, Starbucks. So if you could take care of that <laughs> yeah. right now. All right. right. Kiss my. <laughs> all right. Going on with it. Let's get to uh, today's quick tip. Okay. Do it. Okay. Today's quick tip is... I like how I'm the assistant and you're doing the quick tip. I know. Thank you. Uh, the quick tip is uh, Evernote, actually. Is it a free program? There's a paid version as well, but it's a free program you can get on your computer, on your smartphone, on a lot of different devices. And I use it all the time in my investing business. I We have no affiliation with them. We don't make any money by telling you this. I'm just telling you it's a cool program. And as an investor or a wannabe investor, you should be using it. It's really cool. And actually... As a bonus, the reason we decided to add this quick tip in is because after the show was all done that we recorded today, we just got finished recording it, we had like a, a, a really good conversation afterwards with our guest, and he mentioned Evernote. And so I, I sat there and I was like, wait, 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 I want to record this. So we recorded it, and it was all about how he uses Evernote in his business. So at the end of the show, after the music plays, you can hear exactly how uh, he does that kind of little bonus for everybody listening. There you go. There, there you, go. you go. Awesome. Hey, guys, uh, really, really, really quick Thank you very much for listening to the show. Thank you for spreading the word of the show. We actually uh, hit an all-time high in terms of our rankings uh, recently. We were up up to 115 last week of every single podcast on the planet. Right now, as as I look, we're we're ranked 121. But we're I mean we're really close to top 100 of every single podcast on the planet. And we could not do it without you guys, without the listeners. Yeah. So please, if if you've just found this show, jump in, uh, go on Stitcher, on iTunes, on on however you're listening to the show. Subscribe, subscribe to the Bigger Pockets podcast. And if you like it, uh, please do leave us a rating and review. Uh, it helps us get the word out, grow the show, and 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 help educate more people about the world of real estate. So uh, help us help you by doing that. And uh, big thanks, guys. We we really yeah. do appreciate it. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, right. Otherwise, yeah, things are good. Well, let, let's let's get to this thing. Let's just kind of cut to the chase and uh, bring him on. Today's guest is Nathan Brooks. And Nathan uh, is a real estate investor in Kansas City. Previously, he's been on the show before. Uh, and uh, the last time it was uh, on an episode called How to Thrive After the Collapse of a Real Estate Empire. 
And uh, so today we kind of talk about where where he's been since then and, and, and what's happened. And it's fascinating. Uh, he's really built a fantastic business. And, and let's get to him. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring him on. The bearded man himself, Mr. Nathan Brooks. What's up, dude? What's happening? How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. I just, I just saw you in a movie last week, the, the Leonardo DiCaprio one, you know, The Revenant or whatever it's he was, called. He was the bear, right? Yeah, you were the bear. <laughs> <laughs> For those people who can't see right now, we're recording this on Skype, but, uh, you know, obviously the podcast is mostly audio only, but uh, Nathan has a significantly longer beard than last time he was on the show. <laughs> And uh, yes. it's a little barely, if that's the word. <laughs> I like. It. We'll see. It started as the uh, playoff beard, and you know this yep. team, you know from Kansas City, you know called the Royals, won the World Series, and then it uh, kind of continued yeah. through that. And hey, you know. can we get another guest on the show? <laughs> Josh is still a little sore from that. That was that not game. a good World Series. You know, it was meant to be. You can't, you can't fight. You can't fight it. Right. <laughs> All right. So last time we had, you, we had you on the show, for those people who haven't listened to that one, it was show number 87, uh, biggerpockets.com. It was a terrible show, by the way. Ter- worst show we've- <laughs> <laughs> so we had that back in September of 2014. So this is a, over a year and a half, almost a year and a half ago. And uh, the show title was called How to Thrive After the Collapse of a Real Estate Empire. And it was an, it was a really good show all about like your story of, of your struggle as you built up a portfolio and then lost a lot of stuff and had a really like tough go at it and you were rebuilding your portfolio and uh, very, very powerful people really, really uh, responded to that a lot. And so today we're talking about kind of the next phase in your life because the last year and a half has been, cr- from what I've read, has been crazy for you. I mean, you've been writing on the Bigger Pockets blog and you guys have really exploded over the past year and a half. So that's what we're talking about today. Sound good? Do you want to give us a recap really quick of, yeah. of what we talked about last time, Nathan? I don't know if you remember. Your own life. Up <laughs> yeah, my, my, let us know who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I live in the Kansas City market. And um, thanks again for having me on again, guys. And I'm excited to talk about what's going on. And uh, yeah. so, you know, gone through, you know, gotten into real estate, but went through the downturn of the economy and really tried to do well, but did a lot of things poorly and a lot of things uh just kind of not thought through. And uh, we lost uh, a number of properties and went through bankruptcy and had a miscarriage in the same week of uh, just what was a horrible ending of a year. And and so we we had to look at ourselves and look back at what we did right and did wrong and, and how to regroup. And so is that the is yeah. that a good way to... Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. And anyone listening, again, you can go and check out the last show at biggerpockets.com slash show 87 and get all the details. But, uh, yeah, so things, things have changed dramatically, uh, s- since then. And, you know, m- maybe we can start with kind of where, where are you today? You know, let's, let's kind of fast forward to where you are today and then we'll kind of work our way from where we left off to where we are today. So, uh, tell us about kind of what you do, uh, right now. What, what does your business look like? Yeah. Well, we do a couple, we do a number of things. So, um, we have an internal, uh, you know, properties that we're still buying for ourselves. And, uh, we have a full property management with a, you know, property manager and leasing assistant. We have our own crew now. We have, uh, you know, we, we, we probably ended the year doing about 60 or so deals last year. Wow. And uh, what are, what are those buy and hold rentals? <clears throat> I mean, flips wholesale, you know, um, I'd say, I'd say the majority of those were buy and holds probably, you know, 10 wholesale deals. And honestly, it might even be a little higher than 60 
we, so we have a, a, a pretty sizable kind of marketing side of the thing as well now. So we have a lot of wholesale deals that come through. Uh, matter of fact, put a couple under contract today and a couple under contract the you know the beginning of the week. So nice. we have a, quite quite a number of the wholesale deals coming through. And then it's it's awesome because it can feed for us. It can feed deals for other you know, investors we know. And then we also have, you know, guys now from all over the country who come to us for, for properties. And we, we have kind of a little, little uh, different model on the turnkey take. So we still bring kind of the turnkey model, but we're able to actually deliver a little bit more equity in those properties for them too. And a little higher rent multipliers, which is pretty cool. Nice. 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 So you, nice. you, you do just a few things. I mean, like you do quite, quite a bit in real estate. It's not just, I'm just a wholesaler. I'm just a, you know, flipper, just a buy and hold. Why, why is that? Why do you, why do you diversify into a lot of different areas? You know, it's interesting. I, I've always been big on mentors and I, and I've thought about this a number of times at the beginning of the year. And, uh, I sat down with a, a gentleman back in the day. Um, his name's Rob and he's in Florida and, and he, he, I found him on Craigslist. Um, I saw this incredible business that he had. I pestered him until I could take him to lunch. And through that meeting, and I, it, it really changed my life, kind of laid out the, here's buckets of income. Here's buckets of, of in the streams. And this one, you know, property management might be you know, making this, or you might have this challenge or change in this bucket or you know, whatever. So if you can diversify that income stream and you have, and you're doing it well, then you can really, you know, one month might be light on the wholesale deals, but you still have passive income on your rentals or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Smart. I love that. And, you know, we, we've kind of taken a similar model with bigger pockets as, as well. You know, we don't want to be relying upon one, one way of, of generating income because if something goes wrong here, well, at least you make up for it somewhere else. Having a diversified business is, is a great idea. So you've got a PM company, this quasi turnkey thing that goes above and beyond. You've done 60 deals uh, last year, 10 wholesale. You know, that's, that's a lot. You know, that, that'll keep you busy. Um, what, why don't we kind of go to the private, uh, the property management company and kind of start there? Why did you decide uh, you needed to start a property management company? Well, I think uh, it's kind of the it's kind of the stepchild in the, in the real estate world. And um, I think a lot of times property management companies get a bad rap and a lot of times it's because they don't do a good job and uh i had the first one i fired them i had the second one i fired them and so and i didn't want to be taking the phone calls for a broken toilet or whatever when you're trying to do all these other deals so that's crazy i know people do it and that's great but it wasn't where my game plan was and so kind of in that same time frame i I finally found a, a person that was an awesome partner and he and I kind of worked through systematically backing into it. So how, what do we charge? What does it look like? Um, how do we find the best talent in the best spot and produce a, a, a company that's, that's really actually delivering what we want to deliver it for, for us. And therefore we can deliver that for our clients. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, it, it kind of came out of the necessity uh, you were working with these companies that kind of seemed like they weren't doing the job. And since you couldn't find one, you just started it. Is that, is that kind of that's, a fair assessment? That's exactly right. Yeah, okay. exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've been Which kicking is on the what idea we tell forever. Brandon all the time. Yeah, everyone tells me like we had, we had a show with the Enrique Jevons back a few months ago, and the whole show he was just like, "You need to start your own property management company," like because that's what he did, and that's what you've done. So yeah, it's definitely on the horizon for me. 
I think. I, I think I think the question just becomes, are you willing to put the time into the systems to create that thing? Yeah. And if you are, then you should. You know, if you're not and you don't want to deal with that, then you shouldn't. And you should yeah. just keep shopping and finding the best, you know, one out there. So So yeah. so let's talk about first the companies you worked with. Why why did they suck so bad? You know, I think I think a lot of things come back to um, communication and comes back to um, what, what the what the expectation is and what the delivery of the expectation is. And so on, on just a, a number of things, whether it was taking care of and knowing what's going on in the properties or the quality of tenant that's getting put in there or, you know, uh, routine checkups or systems that were in place that were taken care of, you, you know, maintenance items or, or whatever that might be. And so for me, when I kept having to ask questions and then I would call somebody to, 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 you know, go fix something or whatever. And, and so I'm thinking, well, I'm paying these guys to do all this stuff and why, you know, I, I'm still having to have this you know vacuum of time uh, put into it. And so I'd rather put that energy into my own guys doing an awesome job, uh, creating another, you know, job out there in the world for a company that actually cares and wants to do something, you know, really, really, really well. Yeah. Awesome. So for, for the people listening, I mean, you know, I, I know I've been through this and, you know, was one of my nightmares. So um, any, any pearls of wisdom for folks who uh, are trying to screen or trying to find somebody, how, how do you, how do you find the company that has good, a, a good, you know, communication does maintenance, looks, puts in good tenants. I mean, how do I know that upfront without going through and firing one after the next, after the next? That's a great question. I, I think you have to kind of see what what is the value of that of that company and where they're coming from. And one of the things that I love telling people was I fired the first one, I fired the second one, and so I I I <laughs> fired myself trying to do it all and put in an awesome person in the in the right spot. And I think if you find one that's values line up with yours and and with their the quality of their work lines up with yours. Uh, then you found the right fit. So somebody might just say, I don't really care that much about condition. I'm going to go in there and fix this, fix that, whatever. And you can find the cheapest guy. That might be your thing. You might be, you know, for us, we go in and we basically do a full rehab every time we buy another house. So whether you're one of the turnkey clients or you're one of the tenants that live in our houses, the tenants know now when they actually go to one of our houses, what they look like because they've seen enough of them. Now we get repeat people where they miss the first one, they come back to the second one and the third one or whatever. And that happens all the time now, just because they know we're just a, another level up. Right. Yeah. On. In, right. On. In, yeah. I, I, okay. So, but, but part of this process is actually doing a pretty, a fairly in-depth interview. I'm guessing. I mean, you really want to, to find that information out. You can't just, kind of like go through the phone book and well, okay. I just aged myself again. Uh, <laughs> you can't just go on the internet and look at a website and say, Oh, this is, you know, this is the company I want to work with. I mean, how, how do I actually, you know, get all that information? Do I take tours of the properties that they manage? Do I, I mean, are there any kind of tips that, that you might have? You know, I think you, you could, you could tour properties if you wanted to do that. Um, it depends on if you're going to fly out or not. That, that's a, that's a reasonable thing. Um, I think you get on a, a call and, and, 
go through the things that are really important to you. You want to know what they charge. You want to know how they manage. You want to know uh, how are you getting your your money? How are you getting your, you know, how do the tenants come in? What's the time frame uh, for turning around stuff? How, how often are you in the property as a manager? How often are you um, in communication with the tenant? If you're in communication with the tenant, how do you know? Yeah. Uh, Keep so- going. Don't stop. <laughs> no, seriously, man. I mean, awesome. Keep, keep, keep. I mean, what other points? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's important to know what kind of systems in place. So um, I, I can tell you, uh, we had a gentleman bring a property on a few weeks ago who um, had a lovely lady managing it, but she uh, literally would take the check and drive it to the bank and deposit it and drive another check over to him or whatever. And I'm like, dude, you know. If you like cheap, keep staying with her, man. But if you like awesome, then come on over, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so if you if you want to see it online and the system and everything comes in and comes out and you don't have to do anything, what is that time value worth? What is the um you know, what is all the information where where you have it right there? And so we're we're constantly trying to to make that system better and better and put the right people in those positions. Um so we actually hired a property manager who had, had um decades of experience who had a marketing degree in hotel, you know, marketing management. And, uh, we, we paid somebody that we really felt could be a leader in care and, and own that, you know, the desire of what we wanted to be as a company. Yeah. And I, and I think that's key right there. You know, you hired somebody who could take ownership of it, even, you know, not legally, but like in their mind, like they, this was their project. They could help run that division of your company. Uh, and they had some kind of like incentive for doing it, or, you know, they, they had a reason for excelling at it. I think that's just key in any business you have. Exactly. And we, we wanted to like them, you know, you, so you yeah. really want, and I, I genuinely like all of our, our people. And I, and I think that's just so important what the culture of that company is. And then the tenants understand what that culture of that company is. And you can actually explain, like we have, we have really clean and safe and, and, and nice properties, you know, and that we have those expectations of the tenant. We have those expectations of the owner and we want that. And we're not going to take your property if you don't want that. Yeah. Well, I think this would be a good time to maybe transition and talk a little bit about the idea of, you know, hiring people. Cause obviously you've, when we talked to you last time, I don't think you had any employees. Uh, I think it was just you and now, and you have several now, right? How many, do you know how many you have right now? You know, uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's eight overall. Okay. Um, we have a couple of virtual assistants who do um, various things. And, uh, and let me back up and give credit where credit is due. So I, I brought on a business partner uh, who actually came to me through Bigger Pockets and, and just, we had an incredible, so yeah, thank you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> and so he called me, I think on a, it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday and then flew out the following like Wednesday or Thursday. So, you know, seven, eight days later. And we, uh, we just hit it off really, really well. And he really understands in the system building and he's really good on, on understanding how to hire people because frankly, I hadn't done a very good job and I tried to do some of that, you know, and then that really put me in a position where I could go out and I really excel at putting deals together and negotiating and, and finding deals and, and working those kind of things. And, um, and then just, you know, putting it into the machine, which he really was helping create, um, on that system side. You know, I, I see that a lot in, in real estate partnerships where one person is generally better at 
putting together a deal and finding the deal and negotiating like that, that side of things. And somebody else is much better at the systems and the, and the business and running the internal stuff. Uh, I, I see that. And very few people are good at both. And so I'm a big believer in partnerships. I mean, people know that in the book on investing with no and low money down, I talk a whole chapter in there about partnerships because I just, I'm a strong believer in them. I use them all the time. Uh, is that what you where saw? Can, in where your, can they find that book? Oh, they the can, they can find that book. The best real estate book ever written at oh, yeah. <laughs> biggerpockets.com slash no money. Uh, but so like, is that how you found it in your own life as well? Uh, that he was just better at the systems. You were better at that. Is that how that generally breaks down? Just, just glaringly obvious. Yeah. So just, you know, and, and not that I wasn't able to do those things, but I, I didn't like doing them very well, uh, very much. And I didn't do them nearly as well as he did. Yeah. And so, uh, w- and when you look at scaling from doing, you know, say five or 10 deals in a year to doing five or 10 deals in a month, uh, you know, they're just, you have to be able to put those things in place in somebody who can actually recognize and, and, and help do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I fully agree. You know, I, I'm rereading right now. We're re-listening to the four hour work week at, you know, the Tim Ferriss book. And, uh, it's been you know a number of years since I read it. So I'm listening to, as I go to the gym or whatever, I'm out, you know, driving around. And one thing he said in there just really stood out to me this time around was he said, you know, don't focus on your weaknesses, always trying to improve them, you know, focus on your strengths and improve the, improve them and have other people do the things that you're not good at. And you know, when I heard that, like it really like hit me hard. Like I, there's certain things that I'm always bad at. I've said it before on the, on the you know podcast here like I'm bad at managing contractors I'm just not good at it I'm bad at confrontation I'm just I, I just hate doing it I hate that part of it and so you don't like, shut up I know yeah I don't shut up so, <laughs> so like I should, I should we keep going hold on yeah we can keep, uh, yeah keep telling me all my more, negatives right? there's lots uh, of things I'm not good at uh, so like I'm working with a partner now who's good at managing contractors because I'm not gonna for years I tried to fix what I was bad at I tried to get more you know assertive and tried to be better at yelling at a contractor but then I just I'm not that guy I just can't do it. So yeah, I, I'm going to outsource that. Well, so let, let me ask this question to both of you guys then. How do you, how do you self-evaluate to know what you're actually good at and what you're bad at? You know, I, I think for some people, as Nathan said, it's glaringly obvious, but for other people, I, I think there's a lot of people out there who have never taken the opportunity to, to look at themselves and say, Hey, what is it that I'm good at? What is it that I'm bad at? What are my skills? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but I think it's, it's something we don't learn in school. It's not something that college teaches you or your parents don't necessarily show you. This is something that, you know, I think as you grow, I think those people that are successful tend to be the ones who, uh, can look at themselves and, and, and those who, uh, you know, sometimes get stuck oftentimes don't have the capacity to do it. So any, any tips that you guys have on, on doing that? I, I tell you what, I think one of the, the huge things for me, and I, I'm a huge Timothy Ferris fan too, and I think when you put yourself in a position to learn, you're going to put yourself in a position to also learn about yourself. And if yeah. you're if you're willing to be open with yourself about it in that, that kind of dialogue, whether it's a, literally a book to your brain and you're allowing those things to process. And so when you go back and look at it, so like, you know, what you said, don't focus on the weaknesses, do the things you're strong at. Well, if you're looking through the day and you say, well, I did this and I did this and I did this and I have a pile of all of this over here, which I haven't done. That's a pretty clear indicator of what you did and didn't do. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it, I think if you're honest with yourself and you, and you come back and, and actually, frankly, my, my partner and I have this exact conversation. I mean, literally, what do you see that I'm doing that's really going well? What do you see that I'm doing that's not? And in, and in, in, in reverse, you know? And, and I think to piggyback on that, I think, 
people are better at pointing, like this sounds funny, but like people are better at pointing out your flaws than you are pointing out your flaws. So oh, yeah, um, yeah there, there's a book I read called uh, Six Months to Six Figure Income. It's by a guy named like Peter Vogel or Vogue or something like that. Really good book. Definitely recommend it. But in this book, he talks about that kind of same concept of knowing what you're good at and not. And his suggestion, and I, I love this, is go and email like 10 of your closest friends and family and just say, hey, this is kind of an awkward email, but I need your help with something. I need you to be honest with me. You know, what do you see as my top three things I'm great at in life? And what do you see as my th- three things that I struggle with the most? And be totally honest. You can make it anonymous if you want to, you know, send it to this person and they'll send it to me. But I just need to know so I can. And, and I thought that was a fantastic suggestion. Uh, it's just a good way, idea. Yeah, just to know what you're. I mean, people would tell I me you're not assertive. I never actually did it. I, I didn't get the email. From no, I didn't. I, did, I wouldn't send it to you anyway. <laughs> no, but I, I verbally asked a few people when I read that. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try that. So I like, I asked my brother and I asked my parents. I'm like, what do you guys see me doing? Like, I didn't do the email, but I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. I, I think so too. And I, I think it's just helpful. It's, it's a good reminder of what to work on. Yeah. You know? Here's a question for you. How do you decide if you want to, you should partner with someone or hire someone, right? Because sometimes like I, I could have hired a project manager to manage my flips, but I'm got war, decided to partner instead. Was that a good choice, bad choice? How do I know? Man, that is an awesome question. And I, I think, I think part of it is, is experience in putting yourself in a position where you, you know, risk reward of, you know, what am I putting into this partnership and what's my expectations going in and really making sure that you're setting that versus, you know, if your goal is just to do X number of flips and you can hire this person to do that. Um, and you like being the only person and maybe you're really good at a systems and, and whatever, and you can hire somebody who's, you know, bringing in deals for you or a realtor or whatever that is. Um, I think that's cool. I think for me, the thing that really gets me fired up is that on the awesome days we're high fiving and we're fired up and on the crappy days, we're also, you know, fist bumping and saying, Hey man, we're stacking hands and we're going to work through this. And, and there's another person to appreciate wherever you are and ride the roller coaster a little bit with you, you know, yeah. on the other side of it. I love that. Right on. Right on. All right. So, so let, let's go back. So we talked about partnerships and we started talking about the actual employees. So the, I love your kind of thought about, you know, do you want to go ride that roller coaster with a partner? And, and I love that concept. I think that's great. But so the people that you do end up hiring now, I actually just hired my first full-time employee actually last week. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah, and so man. thanks. Awesome. Yeah. I, Cause I, who is it? Who is it? What do they do? They're going to do. Well, I uh, just some, started. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, fire, I like to fire. shine Brandon's shoes. Uh, I clean his yep. cat litter. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I, I sometimes Starbucks. Geared for him. And <laughs> I oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. Uh, so this person is going to be admin assistant. First of all, that's what the officially I advertised for. I bet I just, I just put it on Facebook and it said, Hey, I'm looking for this. I said that person could be doing anything from answering phone calls from motivated sellers to inspecting properties, taking photos to uh, getting me Starbucks to mowing my lawn. Like I was like, I don't know what you'll be doing, but you'll be doing everything that I do currently that so like, or most of what I do currently that I don't want to do anymore. And so I found a, a woman who's, I think she's going to be fantastic at it. I'm really excited to get her He's on board. He's got a 90 year old woman mowing his lawn. It's <laughs> the funniest thing you've got to see. Like she literally auditioned with this video of her behind this mower. This is not true. This is not true at all. All oh, right. It's so awesome. <laughs> so, so let's talk about the, the, the hiring people. I mean, how do you know who to hire first? How, how did that process go for you? 
Well, I will tell you one of the things that my partner brings into the table uh, to the table is really a, a great skill in kind of talking through some of those questions. And uh, I felt like I was good at understanding and looking at the relationship side of that. But I really felt like he much more strongly brought that understanding of how to interview. And man, I tell you what, I think one of the the most important things is, well, first of all, you have to know what the heck you're asking for. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm getting there. (laughs) And then, and then you have to understand your expectation of what they're going to do. And so I think that was really a learning process where we could come back and say, in, 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 in the same case for us, we're like, well, okay, you're property manager, but you're also going to end up doing, you know, one, two, three, four, and five. And then we have to go back and say, okay, well, um, you know, did we end up actually doing one, two, three, four, and five? You know, obviously that's post hiring process, but I think, you know, do you get along with them? Do you like them? Do they actually have the skill set that you're looking for? Um, and then you, you're trying to look for the puzzle pieces about where am I hearing their strengths? Where am I hearing their weaknesses? And this is something where I'm just really trying to bend more in tune with and more in tune with so that, th- you know, I might be disappointed that this little thing over here is not happening, happening, but I can, I can look at it and say, okay, well, you know what? Our, our assistant over here could handle that task. And then we could take that thing off this person's plate to do what they do really, really well. And so as a manager, to me, it's like, first, do you like the person? Are they bought into your idea and design of what your company does? And then, you know, how are you helping them exploit their, their strengths and putting them in a position to succeed with that? Yeah, I, I like that. It. I like that. All right, so I, I want to take it back to uh, one of Brandon's questions, which I, I think kind of got gleamed over, not, not intentionally, unless it was, in which case, you know, you're not <laughs> going to get away with a Avoiding this question, Mr. Politician. Uh, <laughs> the question is, how do you know who to hire first? So, who to hire first? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems, that's, I think, one of the more complicated things. I know I struggled with it when I brought on Brandon as my, my first non-technical hire. I'm like, well, I could hire one of 30 people, 30 roles. Why this role? And, and that was a real challenge. So, you know, for you, what was the mindset and, and who, who did you actually hire first? Well, I hired first property manager. And so she was somebody who, well, for me, I mean, it was some, it was a pain point. So trying to manage from a, you know, managerial standpoint on that, on the, you know, actual management side of the rentals themselves versus doing deals opportunity. So I I was, I was doing, you know, X number of dollar an hour work here, not to say it's any less important because it's not, but my, my time value was best served doing this, you know, finding deals, doing deals, running deals. So she was somebody who could come in and really create, take the opportunity of that time who, who did a much better job of it, you know, and, and handle more uh, properties coming in, which therefore generated more revenue, which therefore, you know, gave us just that much more opportunity, which we then hired another, a leasing assistant that helps her. And so, you know, it, it, it was understanding what, what can she do or he do that, that covers things that you a either don't want to do, aren't doing, or, you know, would be time about, you know, serve doing other. Okay. Perfect. I love that. And, and I 
I've done the same thing. It's it's been very organic. It's what's this what's this pain point? Let's find somebody. They come in, they fill it. They're going to create other new pain points uh, for yeah. themselves and for you. And then you've got to kind of prioritize and juggle. It's actually funny because independent of one another, Brandon and Josh uh, at the same time. Uh, decided that they were uh, that we were both going to uh, yeah. hire our own administrative assistants, um, <laughs> which you're I'm, still I'm, looking. So if people I, are interested, I am still looking. I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, but for, for the very reason of what you said, you know, time value of money. I I stopped and I was looking at what I was doing. What was my job? You know, what had Josh's job at Bigger Pockets become? And I realized that I wasn't actually doing all the things that I need to be doing as the guy who runs this company. I was doing. 80, 90% administrative work. I'm doing mm. paperwork. I'm a paper yeah. pusher. And, you know, I, I, I'm Stop not a good it. paper pusher. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. I, I, I can't stand well, it. And, you know, there are people who love doing that stuff. Yep. And I'm trying to find that person to come in and take over that part of my life so I could kind of get back in there. And, uh, but, but yeah, so looking at, you know, where it is that you fail or what, what, what are you doing that you probably shouldn't be doing. And, and then little by little, that'll change over time. That's going to be dynamic. And at least that's how I've, you know, grown bigger pockets is find the holes and try and plug people in there. Well, I, I think, I think to that end, one of the things and maybe a, a great uh, place to start for you is try even a virtual assistant. And we have a couple of them. And um, I tell you what, it's a great lesson in how to manage. It's a great lesson in where you're missing something. And um, I I had a call because I'm always trying to learn. I called and I, it's off bigger pockets and I can't remember his name. He's out of Chicago. He's got a huge management company. I'd love to plug his name right now, but I can't remember. Um, Uh, Is that Mark, Mark Ainley? Or is that uh, Wendell? I know they're both in Chicago. Brie, she's in Chicago. It wasn't Brie. Was just <laughs> anyway. name dropper. <laughs> just take it off podcast. You got some Chicago. <laughs> yeah, um, and 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 they were wonderful. He was wonderful. Took my time and took you know took the phone call. And uh, one of the one of the awesome nuggets out of that conversation was that he does one pagers for all his stuff. And a one pager could be literally Josh gets up in the morning, and the first thing I do is I check my email and I email these. 10 people. Well, guess what? You just created a, you create a one pager and do the work once. And then you send that to your, you know, virtual assistant or system, or whatever, and say, this is the process and go do it. And then you review it with them and you do it again. And then pretty soon you're, you're, you're recognizing the things that you actually had to do in the first time. And so we've started creating this one pagers, uh, just like he had suggested. And so it's just been a game changer because now I can send it to the virtual assistant. Here you go, man. Here's what I need. And uh, here's the check boxes. Here's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then go go do it. I love that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. when, when I first started hiring, we hired a, a, a virtual assistant. It was kind of both worked for both me and Josh. Uh, did a lot of stuff, and his name's Dave. And Dave's actually the one editing this podcast because that's exactly what we did. I was editing it over and over and over. And then one day we were like, "Why, why am I doing this? Like, I could just write up a. I, I use Google Docs. I wrote up a description of exactly how I edit the the podcast, and I gave it to him, and he excels at it. I mean, he's like amazing, and he takes over. He's been doing all our video editing. And he loves and, it, and he loves it, and he's good at it. And again, it was what I was not that good at, and I didn't really like doing it. He's great at it. And, and again, I like that you said the one pager. I've never heard it put like that. I, I always just think of it: find a system, create a system, and then have somebody run that system. But I like that terminology of just a one pager. How do you do it? And and I mean, over life. I mean, over time, there's probably like a hundred things a person does all day, if not more. 
that could be outsourced. That's just, it's almost like, well, it would take me too long to explain it to somebody. So I'll just do it myself. But when it's five minutes a day, every day for, you know, 365 days a year, it's like, well, that would have taken, you know, that would have been worth these 20 minutes to write up a document or record a screenshot or whatever on how to do it. Well, And if you take that to another end and say, well, you did a one pager today and a one pager tomorrow. And, you know, we try to do one or two a week. Well, guess what? The thought of like creating an operational manual for your company is crazy, but the thought of doing one, you know, five or 10 minute here and five or 10 minute here, all of a sudden we have the start of what is really a great operational manual for your company. Yeah. So what what I actually did is after we, you know, we interviewed this lady that we wanted to hire. And once I realized what she was good at, she actually is an administrative assistant for a, uh, probably the largest contracting company in my town. So she's doing it for contractors already, which is her strength, which, so then we sat down and me and my wife went to Starbucks together, pulled out a notebook and we wrote down every single system that we have in our life that potentially she could take. And then we have a list. So every day we're doing exactly that. We're going to create one system a day and just sit down. If it takes us an hour or two to write up an entire whatever, but over the course of the next two weeks when she gets officially on board, uh, we'll have a nice manual of everything she'll be doing. And then I can train her and she'll take over, you know, probably 70% of what I do uh, in terms of my real estate business. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I, We like to say it's the kind of, what if they get hit by a car manual too? Yeah. It's, yep. it's, you know, if somebody that you hire, you know, God for, you know, God forbid something happens to them. At least now you have all the procedures written out so that somebody else could kind of come in and, yep. and much more easily take over. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, when we think about hiring like our property management uh, manager, for instance, you know, in the back of our minds are, you know, is this person the one that can run the company as a whole, or is this the person that can run the whatever? Uh, and, yeah. and how are you establishing the the systems in place so that you know that um, that person could deliver and train, you know, the person that's going to come take that that role, and and they actually know what the heck they would be telling and that they, that they do. Mm. So yeah. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light doc and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. 
Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability. Service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from Price for Life offer and may be increased. Uh, so I, I want to shift a little bit. Um, one of the things that uh, we we had kind of in our notes here was lifestyle design. Uh, mm-hmm. Something that you're big into, uh, supposedly, r- rumor has it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is lifestyle design and, and how does running the business the way you run it work within kind of creating this lifestyle design. Yeah. So that (laughs) this is something I am learning and actively making myself do a better job of. And so uh, I'm not going to suggest that I'm awesome at it yet, but it's something that's, that's um, a a major driver, right? So for instance, last year we, we love Florida. I live in the middle of nowhere, you know, in the middle of the center of the, of the uh, country. There's no beach, no sand, no ocean, right? So we love going there. And um, so our goal is to be able to spend more time in longer chunks of time where we have a business running and operating. I could work a few hours a day or whatever that might be and be able to function and do things actually enjoying that with the family. And one of the things that, you know, you work and work and work and uh, are we working for money's sake and just to buy more stuff or buy more whatever. And so when I, when I started really looking at it and looking where my time, these crazy days and appointments and whatever, uh, it went to, is this, is this in fact the best use of my time? One, um, am I missing time with my kids and wife at home? Uh, am I missing opportunities to just enjoy life a little bit more, even though I don't need to necessarily go get that, you know, 10th deal for the month or whatever that might be. And so, um, it was really just kind of a, uh, you know, looking back at my own self and saying, what's most important in, in how do I create, you know, those passive income lines um, and all this stuff we just talked about all feeds right back into that. Because if you build the systems to do it, you get the right people on board, then you are able to actually build a company and, and that's, that's generating revenue and doing things that um, is helping you fulfill doing what you want to do as well. Let me let me take that a second and, and kind of play with it a little bit. So now you've got a company, you've got eight people working for you. Maybe you'll have 10, maybe you'll have 50, maybe you'll have 500, or maybe you'll stay at eight. You're running this this entity. Do you have any fears, concerns, worries about? Hey, I'm going away for six months and traveling with my family. I'm still working, but you know my employees are still stuck here on the ground. And you know what do I do? You know how do I kind of deal with you know some of the stuff? You know, do you have any kind of you know fears about that? Um, well, first, um, although six months sounds lovely, I, I have not taken six months at this point. Um, it's more in the in the week or two category. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, I, that's a that's a real question. That is the question. It's like 
you know, at this point, I would not do that just because I, I don't think we're there and I wouldn't want to, you know, you always want to put yourself and your people in a position to win, to yep. succeed. And so building it around that and, and where the things are working, uh, you know, we want to let them run with them because, you know, they don't want to be micromanaged and I don't like my, you know, that's not my style anyway. Yeah. And so I, th- I think the bigger question is, is um, we do it in little bites. I, I just listened to a book uh, called No Hero and there's this awesome line in it that said, uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. And so we do it, you know, we do it slow, we do it right. We, we, we get more efficient and then we can run with it. And so that's, to me where, you know, right now we're, we're, we're just learning how to continue doing that better, you know, faster. And then, you know, obviously gives me more time to do what I want to do too. Right on, right on. Quick follow up with somebody who's, who's looking at real estate investing and says, Hey, you know, I don't have a staff. I don't have the capacity to do that. Uh, how do, how do I build a lifestyle you know, how do I design this lifestyle around a real estate business that's that's just getting started? Um, I, or or is it the more, at least as I would think, the more realist, realistic? You're not going to have what you want as soon as you start. You got to work to get there, and and it takes time to kind of put it all together. Well, what's interesting to me is I I now meet with people all the time who make these amazing incomes. And work all these hours and have the big house and all this stuff. And to me, it's, it's, you know, you have to actually flip it on its, on its end first and say, what am I actually spending my dollars on? What am I actually spending my time on? And what do I really want if I could just do it? And, and then I think that a lot of times, and I know for myself, when I looked at it, it it wasn't as much dollars as it was time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for the, for that person, you might say, okay, well, you know, for the next two years, my goal is to buy X number of houses, you know, based on whatever your, you know, economic situation is or, you know, ability or whatever. And you say, okay, well, I'll hire that, you know, property management or whatever. And, and maybe the first thing is you're going to cover your car payment and then you're going to cover your house payment and then you're going to cover your, you know, whatever. And then you cover your whole income. And that's how I backed into it. I said, well, how many deals do I need to do to equal this thing? And then uh, it, it doesn't become so complicated and you can get out of that analysis paralysis stuff and just execute on doing what your what, what the actual plan is. Awesome. Yeah, and we, we covered that uh, in, in a lot of detail on Bigger Pockets show 151 with Clayton Morris, uh, finding your freedom number. It's, it's kind of backing up doing the math and figuring out how much money do you actually need, how many deals do you need to get there and running with it. So yeah, that's awesome, yeah. man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you. Uh, before we get to like the fire round and kind of wrap, I, I kind of want to wrap up a lot of what we've been talking about and, and scaling your business, growing it, which you've done significantly. Do you have a like one thing that you would attribute your growth over the last year to, or is there like a certain couple things that you can point out that just really impacted you and made the big difference? Well, first of all, um, I'm not suggesting everybody should go out and quit their job or anything, but, uh, I found myself working a full-time job and flipping like seven houses at once. And, and, uh, they were all for me, but, um, <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a crazy thing. At some point you're like, okay, well, if you're going to do it, just go do it already. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very glad that I did that. And so, you know, if you're going to do it, be all in and just do it. And if you're going to be all in to buy two houses, awesome. If you're going to be all in to build a you know, giant company or whatever, then just do it. But, uh, I think the second thing is just, 
looking at the successes and, and being uh, happy with it and in that moment, but also every single time you're learning and learning and learning and refining and learning. And so whether you've done one deal or a hundred deals or a thousand deals, I don't know about you guys, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing, uh, that I'm always learning. And uh, it might be some, some little title company thing, or it might be some little law question, or it might be a little thing how we can get a tenant in two days faster or whatever. But um, I'm not afraid to say, oh, you know what? I think we could do that better. Let's try this. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. That's great. Well, hey, cool. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we shift gears a little bit here and head over to the... It's time for the fire round. All right. The fire round questions come direct out of the bigger pockets forums. These are real life questions that investors are asking, uh, not just me and Josh's curiosity. So uh, uh, uh. <laughs> number one, when getting started in buy and hold investing, how many should I try to do in a year? That's a great question since it just feeds right into what we just talked about. Uh, I, I think it's all about you have to understand what, what the risk is that in the deals. You have to understand how much money you have to invest in them. And you have to understand what's your, your willingness on leverage or, you know, are you buying all cash or whatever? And so if you can say, I have X number of dollars and I can buy X number of deals, I don't think that I could just say, you know, you should buy two houses this year. You might have a million dollars sitting there and an amazing partner who you could partner with. And clearly the number would not be two. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I meet people all the time, like the local, you know, RIA meeting or whatever, who've, who are literally sitting on this, you know, stockpile of cash they've been saving forever and they still haven't pulled their trigger on their first deal. And so, you know, I think that, that comes with having somebody, whether you're paying for a coach or a mentor or, you know, just somebody, um, that's in your local market that's actually doing what you want to do. Um, you, you'd have to just, you, you need those relationships where they can say, this is a good deal you know, go for it and, and to be able to, like we talked about, you know, backing into the dollars, backing into the number of deals, and then you have a real good sense of what you can do. Yeah. Right on. I love that. Great, great. All right. My question, what is the best or most efficient way to finance a buy and hold property uh, without having a huge down payment? And no, you cannot plug the greatest <laughs> book ever written by Brandon <laughs> Turner. The book on investing. Wait, are you saying the greatest money, book yeah. ever written? Are you saying the greatest book ever written by me, or the greatest book ever written, comma, written by Brandon Turner? I, I, I was just quoting because I think it's the greatest book ever written. Period. I, I, and it frankly, happens to be written I, by I Brandon. Think your rental property book is better than the no money. book. Okay, I do like the rental property book. Probably, but, but probably let's, together you know, combined. Okay, moving on. Nathan, yeah. What's, <laughs> I mean, if you just package them up and you put like the two greatest books ever, I mean, what, that, what is it? I mean, is it like that's you know, a better deal? Package ever. Yeah. I don't know why. Why don't we do that, actually, Josh? Why don't we like package them together? That's a great idea. Nathan, look at you. I love this uh, idea. Genius. I'm making it happen. It's a, it's a good thing we, we are in the process of hiring somebody to run our publishing business. So there, are. there you uh, go. All right. So, and then I guess, uh, you know, maybe we'll write another book and you can, uh, you know, we can, you can give me some credit for coming up with a package idea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So, All right, how, so the question how do you do is it? Uh, finding the down payment. Um, or financing about yeah 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 well this is a question I run into every day I'm sure you know everybody on there wants to know that um, <laughs> and and so yes for the record I have bought quite a number of houses with zero of my dollars in them um, I, I have you know guys all the time that we are able to get equity in, in deals for them so I think there's a couple of points here you have to understand what your level of sophistication is to understand the deal. And uh, you have to understand where your risk is in it. 
And you have to make sure that you know what the heck you're going to do with it once you buy it. And so um, to me, I, you know, and and not to go against any book written or anything else, I really (laughs) like, uh, and I tell people all the time, when I look back at the first couple of deals that I've done or whatever, I, I really like those people to have some dollars in their bank account Mm -hmm. and that might be generating some wholesale deals. So you're still doing real estate stuff or you, you know, go in and partner on a flip. And, and I I hear people whine all the time, like, well, I didn't get 50%. And I'm like, well, you know, 20% of something is better than zero. And especially when you, you know, you get somebody who can help walk you through whatever that thing is that you want to do. If it's flipping or wholesaling or buying hold or whatever, you should find somebody that does that really well. Um, and so I think it's important to know how to structure those deals and you can, and you build relationships over time. Like I have with private lenders and banks and all that kind of stuff where you can do that and you can find those big deals, but you also have to, uh, understand how to get there first too. Yeah. I love, I, lo- I love that. And I, and I think like I'm a hundred percent in agreement. You know, a lot of people look at the idea of no money down or low money down as like, I'm broke. Therefore, how do I invest? And I would say like it, low and no money down or creative investing has nothing to do with the amount of money in your pocket. It's about putting you know, like just cause yeah. you're, yeah, you know, like people that are multimillionaires or billionaires are still doing deals with no money down because they can, right? Like it's not about the amount of money you have, amount of money you have, and you should have money. Cause I would never want to tell anybody to go invest. If you're flat broke, go earn right. some money, go hustle. Still go whatever you got to do, get that cash coming in, and, yep. and then. But you don't need a hundred thousand or a million dollars in the bank just to buy a rental property either. Uh, no. But you do have to have right. that. I, I like to describe it a lot of times. Uh, kind of analogy I use is imagine like a toolbox you have, right? So like in your toolbox, if you have one thing in there, you've got a hammer. You know, you can go and pound a hole in a wall and that's about it. You can maybe hit somebody in the head with it if they're breaking into your house, but that's all you can accomplish, right? But you got a saw, you got nails, all of a sudden you can do a few more things and then add in a drill in there, add in, you know, a carpet layer. And all of a sudden, like the more tools you have in your toolbox, the greater projects you can take on. And so the more you know about creative financing, the more tools you have in your mental toolbox, the more projects you can take on. Exactly. I mean, that, that's a hundred percent right. And then when you look at it, you know, and then kind of back to where we are, where we, we have some wholesale deals and we have some, um, which by the way, the first wholesale deal, deal we did was 1235 PM, January 1st. Uh, so I was pretty wow. fired up about that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> we just started early. It was a good yeah. one. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, and it's sold in two hours via email. So that's awesome too. But, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, <laughs> At 235 AM. PM, PM, PM. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the email went out around 10 or 1030 and by 1230, it was a done deal. Fair enough. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I think when you can look at those things, so let's say, you know, you're working your full-time job and you're saying, I want to get in real estate. I want to get in real estate. Well, guess what? Where's your, where are your dollars going? Do you need that brand new Mercedes? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, you know, and maybe you're, you're not at that place, but most of the people I end up talking to are actually making, you know, a lot of times a six figure salary and they put all this dollars and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, my wife and I, we had to back down our, our budgets and we had to back down these things and quickly we could replace the money that we wanted uh, for that thing with the rental house that we just put the dollars into that's now paying us every month to have it. Yeah. So. Do you want it now or do you want it in six months that's, you know, in, in perpetuity or whatever? Yeah, Perfect. I love it. Cool. All right, moving on. Uh, next one. Do you need an attorney to do your first deal? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I am a big fan of having your whole team. 
And so you might not need a specific attorney for whatever, but um, I strongly think that it's important to have, whether it's an appraiser or an attorney or it's a, a you know, mentor understanding how to put the deal together or you know, banker, pro- property manager. I, I think it's just, it's just so vital to have your team in place or know somebody who knows the person. So if it's an attorney question or law question, you better be asking the attorney. You know, if it's a title question, ask the title company. So cool. Awesome. All right. My last question. My market's pretty competitive and I keep missing deals. So how could I find a good deal in a hot market? I I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now. And we're experiencing that same thing now too. Uh, And I think there's a couple things. First of all, uh, just because you want a deal doesn't mean you should go buy one. Uh, doesn't mean you should just go pay more money for something. Uh, it also means that it's an opportunity to be creative. And so, you know, maybe the thing I'm, I'm just desperately trying to do, there's a, you know, a uh, hundred thousand people last night watch HGTV and today that they're fired up and they want to go buy a, a, a flipper house, you know, well, good for you. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm willing to pay what that person's willing to pay. And I would rather have the opportunity cost to make it in something else. And so I think if they're missing deals, missing deals, missing deals, you know, first of all, look at what you're looking at, you know, double check your numbers, have somebody look at, you know, are, are you being too conservative with your values? And, uh, and then if not, maybe you say, well, I'm going to put these dollars to work in something else. And, and then I can, you know, bank some of that for when I can, I can get a little bit better deal. So, okay. Well, let me ask you a little more Perfect. specific. You mentioned earlier you got two days you just or two deals you just closed this morning. Um, do you mind me asking how did you get those? Like, what's your main technique today to get deals? Well, um, kind of going to that strengths and weaknesses. So we have a, 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 a kind of a marketing partner on the wholesale side, okay. and so leads come in and uh, we they're kind of already vetted as it comes to me, which really you know uses my time well and uses that person's time well. And so you know we go out and and I'll I'll kind of look up you know, I've done my homework in just a few minutes at this point and kind of understand what, at least as much as you can, what you're walking into. And, uh, so th- those leads just came in literally from, from marketing that we do and with our partners. And then is that like I, dire- direct mail or something or like, there's all kinds of different stuff. Yes. Yeah. So okay. There's direct mail and, you know, signs. And I think there's some, you know, online, um, you know, marketing as well. Okay. And so, and I think, you know, but I've bought deals off, off of Facebook posts. You know, I bought deals off Craigslist ads. Uh, I bought deals off of, you know, people that just knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who was sitting in a living room talking about the last podcast that, uh, you know, we did. Um, and so I, I think it's, you have to not limit opportunity and and also not be afraid of where the deals will come from. And then you also have to be able to execute when you get there too. Yeah. Well, that's a big one, right? If you, if you can't do that, then you get, you quickly develop a reputation and, and the deals dry up, don't they? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for, uh, your answers. I, I think it's, it's time to move on. What do you is think, it, Brandon? It is time to move on to the world famous. Famous for. All right. These questions we ask every single guest out of 150 some shows now. And uh, so we're going to throw them at you. Number one. What is, and maybe this is different than before. Maybe it's the exact same. I don't remember what you said last time, but what is your favorite real estate book? 
Wait, aren't you? I mean, why do we what? even ask that question, Brandon? I mean, there's only one book that there's only one book that matters. Well, two books, right? Three books. Really <laughs> it's the package: the book on rental property, book on managing, and no, no, and low money. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. All right. Besides those, what are your favorite real estate books? You know, I I loved uh, reading the Millionaire Real Estate Investor. Uh, I just liked I liked how the book was laid out. Um, I liked how there was some step by step processes. There's some real like kind of nuts and bolts stuff, but there's also like understanding team and team structure. Um, and uh, and just to piggyback on, on that too would just be like the Jim Collins. It's a non real estate book, but you know Jim Jim Collins, good to great, and understanding what does that actually what does that awesome team look like, and whatever you're trying to achieve within that you know construct. Okay. Right on. Well, well, that kind of possibly answers my question, which is favorite business book. Favorite business book. Well, I I am a huge fan of the Four Hour Work Week. I don't know if you can consider it a business book or not, but I do. I I think so too. I, I think from a from a, a a design of of understanding how you want to build your life uh, and you know your time and those kind of things, uh, it really made a huge impact for me. That's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What about hobbies? What do you do for fun these days? You know, I go to uh, a beard growing competition. And- <laughs> <laughs> What's the, there's no competition, right? I mean, it's just like, it's there. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I am, I'm, in thoroughly enjoying time with my kiddos. And so uh, I love finding things to do. That's just like really, really fun. And like a couple of days ago, my daughter uh, comes out and uh, she looks out the front door. Uh, she's two and she very excitedly with that excited two-year-old face uh, is daddy snow. You know, so I mean, come on, you got to take time to, to play and do the fun things. Um, so it's not necessarily a hobby, but I just love that time. And then um, I've you know been a professionally trained musician for a long time. So I'm still trying to find the balance and uh, doing music things that really feed me as a person and my soul, but uh, don't necessarily are, you know, creating my income anymore. So right on. Yeah, I hear Daddy Snow and I take him and I chuck him into it. <laughs> <laughs> we spent an hour and a half. In six degree weather, uh, going down our yard and, and launching them as a fast as I could on the sled. So nice. it's pretty That sounds awesome. fun. Yeah, I, I don't actually do that, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Daddy, snow, all right. <laughs> you, you might do that. I don't know. All right. Number number by the way, I, I don't know if you know this, Nathan. My wife is pregnant with our first child, so I'm excited. Little girl. I don't think I've announced it. It's a little girl. Yeah. Oh, so. dude, congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited for the what's snow her name? trips. Yeah. I don't know yet. I had a Josh, bunch of boy Josh, names. You know? Yeah, I had boy names picked out. Now I got a girl to figure out. Weird. All right. Now Josh I'm, I'm pumped. Josh Ola. That's a good idea. Josh. All right. Uh, what do you believe? Bigger so, Pacatina. <laughs> that's a middle name. That's a, middle that's a much better middle name. All right. Oh, question number four, the famous four. What do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? I, I think it just comes back time and time again to um, deciding what you want to do, executing what you want to do, looking at what you did, and then and then refining and do it again. And and I think I think there's no one little like th- this thing changes everything, but all those little things change everything. And so to me, if you want to be, if you want to be a, a great real estate investor, then you have to just, you have to keep at it and you can't be afraid to fail and you can't be afraid to, to screw something up and you have to come back and fix it and, and say, we're not going to do it that way again or whatever. 
and then do it again and do do it and do it and do it over and again. Cool. Right on. That's great. Love it. All right. Well, Nathan, it's been a pleasure. Before we let you go, where can people find out more about you? Well, um, they can go to Bridge, B-R-I-D-G-E, and it's Bridge Equity, but there's only one E. I know it's kind of awkward to say, so Bridge Equity, B-R-I-D-G-E-Q-U-I-T-Y.com, and uh, they can find us there for property management and properties and whatever else, so... And you also write on the Bigger Pockets blog and you get a profile and all that other stuff, right? I, I sure do. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, man, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully next time uh, we, we see you, your beard is down to the ground <laughs> and uh, you know, lots of luck to you. Thanks, guys. And I'm sure it will be. <laughs> <laughs> I see you around. All right. Oh man, that was awesome. Really, really good show. Yeah. You know, every, every once in a while you get that show actually kind of happens every week, but yeah, it hits <laughs> it you lately, right? Yeah. Like, it's like it hits you right where you're at in your life. And for me, that was, I mean, today's was right on, I think for you too, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you want me to say something? <laughs> I'm your assistant. I mean, I'm just waiting for you to give me orders. I was like, why are you not talking? What's wrong with this guy? Is it my, is my mute mic off again? Am I muted? I don't know. Fine. All right, assistant, you can talk again. It's okay. okay you have my cool. permission. Excellent. <laughs> yes, it was a great show. Nathan was an awesome guest and lots of lots of good things to share. So uh, get out there, pay attention, try, try and do what, what you know we talked about. And I, I, I think I think far too many people fail to uh, fail to plan, fail to add structure. It was really telling for me just hearing how Nathan plots everything down. Really, really uh, builds these systems for his business. I, I think. Uh, if if more nascent new investors would do that, uh, they see dramatic improvement and growth in their businesses. So I definitely recommend you do that. Yeah. Otherwise, that's all I got. Things are great here at Bigger Pockets, and uh, life is good. So keep listening, guys. Spread the word about the show. Spread the word about the site. I mean, we what are we at now? Four hundred thirty or four four hundred forty thousand members. I mean, like it's, it's crazy. It's bananas. The the conversations on the forums. Or out of this world, we we have, you know, on some days close to three thousand posts on the forums alone. It's it's, it's crazy, uh, it's it's crazy, and and it's depth, it's deep, it's it really kind of gets into it. There's there's just so much vibrancy uh, on on this uh, community. So if you're not participating, you're you definitely missing out. Jump on, create an account, and uh, get active on bigger pockets, and otherwise get out there and make it happen. Do you have anything that uh, you want to say, sir? I'll end with this a reminder. After the music plays here in a second, there's a little bonus for everyone about how to use Evernote for your business. So stick around for a couple more minutes. Awesome. All right, guys. I'm Josh Dorkin. Signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. All right, guys, we're actually added this in because uh, we're having this awesome conversation post-podcast, and we thought we'd want to fill it in. So the question was, how are you using Evernote? Nathan came out and was talking about how he loves it. And I'm like, you know, this thing is maddening to me. I've tried it a few times. I, I can't do it. I know Brandon tried it a few times, but he's on it. Nathan's on it. So uh, Nathan was talking about how he was using it, and we decided to go back and record this again. So uh, tell us, like, how are you using Evernote to, to kind of run your business? 
Okay, well, I use it for really almost everything. So I collect receipts uh, and take pictures. I have documents. I have, um, but one of the things I use it all the time for is the wholesale side of the business. So I get out of my truck, I pull up to a, you know to the house, and and um, I open Evernote. I open up my wholesale notebook, and uh, within Evernote, when you start a new note, it'll automatically assign an address to uh, the note. So like if you're sitting in your own house, you're going to have a million unless you label it, you know, some different name. But so when you roll up to the house, you take a picture. Now, a lot of times, you know, I, I might just, I'm going to just go ahead and not worry about that. Then sometimes it's right on the money. Sometimes it might be like a, you know, a number or two off, but now you have a, an actual reminder of which house that is. And then you can start taking pictures. So I will, I'll actually use that same Evernote link for a number of things. I can send it to my PM for uh, a scope of work to be actually written out. I can send it to my marketing partner, which then sends a link to like, so let's say for instance, that deal we're going to send out to the buyers list. So now they can actually take that same link and I already wrote, you know, here's the scope of work or here's the general points. Here's our asking price. Here's the address, whatever. So that can do that. Um, I can use it for a reminder. So for instance, I had a deal that actually came together for a client, uh, and closes this week or next week. And I went back and I had an Evernote file from like four months ago with all the scope of work and all the pictures and everything. So I could literally go back in, see the same deal, same thing. And actually we got it for seven grand less than what we would even offer before, um, because timing was right. And so we were able to really, you know, get them an awesome deal. And I didn't have to go back and look at all the, do the work again, cause I'd already did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love great. That. Yeah. There's an awesome podcast out there. Um, I think Timothy Ferris interviewed uh, the dude who started that. And there's just a whole bunch of nuggets in that in that podcast that kind of talk about um, the different ways that all these different people had, had used it. And so once I actually listened to that podcast, it really helped me kind of put, put the interfaces back together on it. And then really, frankly, it's just a matter of just starting because it's kind of beastly to, to get in there in the first. But, you know, use little things that work and then we just restructured it and you can move stuff around in there as you do it. That's cool. cool. Yeah, awesome, I use Evernote man. for real estate, for bigger pocket stuff, for, I mean, every area of my life. For like, I even have an Evernote file called Gifts for My Wife. And what I do with every time, like during the year, I just happen to think of something like, or she mentions offhand, like, you know, I could use this. I'm like, I pull up my phone secretly. She doesn't know this, so hopefully she's not listening right now. And she'll like, I'll pull up my they, phone. They don't, they don't listen to the show. They don't so listen to the show, yeah. <laughs> my wife listened to la- the, the Hal Elrod one that we just recorded. Oh, did she? Uh, nice. She loved it, yeah. But um, anyway, so I'm scrolling through and I'll find the one or I'll type in, you know, like gifts and it comes up on my phone. I'll go into that note uh, and I'll write down, you know, whatever, back massager or whatever, you know, like that she wa- she mentioned at Costco she wanted. And that, that's been a marriage uh, lifesaver right there. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Josh, Indeed. you're going to get it. You're going to figure mm-hmm. it out, man, because it, it's going to be a game changer. And then you're going to have a list for your wife. And then, I mean, all yep. of a sudden you're going to be, t- you know, unbelievable. There you I go. love it. I love it. Awesome. Right. man. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks guys. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. 
After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enrollme today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enrollme. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.